Welcome back to Take It to Court Podcast. I am your host, Attorney Natasha Scruggs. We have a very, very special guest today. <laughs> I'm super excited. So Kathleen, she's a Kansas City native. So you know we're in Kansas City. We're at TAPS right now. And she also was a sports writer for the Kansas City Star. Currently getting her master's degree at KU for sports. Is it sports? Sport management. Sport management, yep. yes. So she's all about sports. I'm so glad she's here. <laughs> she also has a Twitter and a whole, like a group called WNBA KC, right? Or Kansas City. WNBA NKC. WNBA NKC. Make sure y'all follow her. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I was so excited to get your message the other day. Yeah. I mean, I've been looking for people to come on. So you're my first official guest. It's an honor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm super excited because she has a, she has a real passion for not only WNBA, but just women's sports. Tell me about that. Yeah, so um, back when I when I was at the Star, I was writing um, high school all the way up through the professional sports and got really familiar with FC Kansas City, which was the NWSL team that was here. Um, they won two NWSL titles during their time in Kansas City. They had a ton of World Cup players. Um, and their journey to me was really fascinating because like they started playing at Shawnee Mission North stadium mm-hmm. they're playing in a high school stadium wow and you have world cup winners you have olympic athletes playing at a high school stadium and so then as it progressed they ended up um practicing at the shields complex out in south oakland park mm-hmm. they played games at um, the swope park like sporting facilities um and then played a couple of games out at sporting park um mostly their season openers um and then they were eventually sold moved to um salt lake city and then are essentially back as casey nwsl right and so that was um a big focus for me and then but in college i had covered women's basketball and so then i've kind of stayed um stayed a fan of that i watched skylar diggins play against ku in the sweet 16. um i watched Brittany griner a whole bunch of times uh i watched her dunk in person it was a terrifying but very exciting moment Um, and so, yeah, that's all kind of combined to make me the women's sports fan and advocate I am today. So how did it feel when, was it earlier this year or last year when they announced our team back, the, the women's soccer team? Um, it was, it was really interesting. I got in contact with a bunch of the, um, the Blue Crew is their fan group. They are fantastic. And um are such great ambassadors to the sport even if you're not familiar with soccer if you're not familiar with the team um they are very very welcoming and uh just great fans great to be a part of but got in touch with them and it's been it's been really interesting having them back because there is totally different ownership this time um mostly different leadership the head coach now hugh williams was the gm when Mm. they were here before and hugh is one of the best people that I know. He is fantastic. Um, he was the one who hired Black Bandanovsky, who is now the women's national team coach. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a like totally surprised find, but picked him out and the players absolutely loved him and he got popular with the league and then ended up being the national team coach. So that's been another really exciting storyline to watch. But I bought my season tickets. I've been out there a couple of times. Missed the game today I because to it was a hundred degrees and I didn't want to be all sweaty for this. Right, but. I understand. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're gonna go. I'm gonna have to go next time. Yes, yeah. Um, they play on Saturday. It's their pride game. Okay, which is part of why we did our watch party on Sunday. Right, great. 
Oh, watch party. We're going to talk about that because uh, her group is having a watch party. And what's the what's the bar that's, that's basically sponsoring it? Johnny's Tavern. Johnny's Tavern. So if y'all are here, if y'all are in Kansas City, Sunday, that's where we're going to be at. Um, so I'm super interested in women's soccer. I, I literally never, when I tell you I never watched women's soccer before, but Kansas City is known for its sports teams. And when the new sports team came back, well, it came back. It's not new, <laughs> but when the team came back, it made it. I mean, it was a lot of buzz. I mean, yes. partly because the ownership, Brittany, soon yes. to be Mahomes, yes. um, is is the owner, and also there's a lot of money being poured into it. Honestly, I think there's money being poured into all women's sports, which I'm very excited about because you know I'm a huge advocate for invest in women. I think that women are very bankable. I think that women's sports is like one of the fastest growing. Um, investments and I, I know that basketball women in basketball is like the top yes. growing sport right now yes so I'm super excited about that well and I think that the um, excitement around LAFC mm -hmm. which um, is the new NWSL team that will start out there has been super exciting because that group has Mia Hamm it has you know historic soccer legends and yeah. then it has like a hollywood aspect because natalie portman's <laughs> an owner yeah and so you've got just this really interesting team and then one of my favorite things is the fact that serena williams wanted to be involved but instead of buying into the team as serena she bought it as her daughter yeah so now her daughter is She's like a owner. part owner of the team which <laughs> i think is fantastic i love when it happens because i feel like i feel like i kind of got the sports thing cracked down it's all about marketing and promotion. Yes. yes. And I think that once celebrities or people who are notable get involved and start investing, it makes people go watch it. I mean, that's why people watch boxing. That's why people watch basketball. Yes. Um, I say that because so many people argue with me about how the WNBA <laughs> is boring and nobody wants right. to watch it. I'm like, it's not true. It's just not promoted the same way as the NBA is. Right. It's just not. And I just assume you're a little sexist when you say it. Yeah, <laughs> because it's the same game. Like, how can you tell me you like basketball, but you don't like it when a woman plays it? it it's the same exact game. Right. I think that's part of what's made their orange hoodie, like, experiment so powerful and so yeah. exciting. Because they introduced that orange hoodie as kind of their signature piece yeah. for the league and for fans last year. And they sent it to a bunch of NBA players. And NBA players bought in and they wore it to warm-ups and they wore it out on the street. And, and everybody wanted it. And everybody wanted it. And I have mine, and I've tweeted out several pictures, and I'm like, Orange Hoodie Sunday, like, let's go. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, Drake just wore his Orange Hoodie last yes. week or two weeks ago. Yeah, I think that buy-in, which every time when someone wears a piece of, uh, wears a logo, mm -hmm. it's marketing. And I think people don't understand the business side. Like, I, I argued with one of my friends, and I was like, I was like, do you really like the Super Bowl or are you sold the Super Bowl? He's like, I love the Super Bowl. I don't. I'm like, but you're, you're missing the fact that it's been sold to you. Like look right. at all these products. And right. I'm like, I'm like, look at all. You don't even want to know how much they spend on advertising. Oh no. I mean, no, I'm talking about when it first started up until now, you don't even want to know. And that's money that is attracting you. And people yeah. just really don't get that. Um, one of the big indicators is like the halftime show. Like they don't yes. even want you to go to another channel. They want you to stay on the show. So they have to pay, you know, celebrities or artists to come and do that. Like everything has become a performance. Yes. And that's what people need to understand. It's not just about the sport. It's about 
the business, the performance, the marketing. Uh, I have a good friend that uh, plays in the NFL right now, Christian Kirksey, and he had a camp back when he was playing for the Browns. He had a camp at our old high school, and my brother asked him a question. It was like, so what is the thing that was like weird to you? Like, what was news to you when you got in the game? And he said, I when I got in, I learned that it wasn't about my skill. It was about intelligence, and it was about, like, playing chess. Mm-hmm. And that's how you have longevity in the NFL. The NFL is a corporation. So, yes, playing is good. But people who only focus on playing and workouts and don't focus on the other stuff, they don't last long in these leagues. And that's how it is with the WNBA. I feel like we have the top athletes in the world, the top of the top of the top. I mean, it's so hard to make a roster, especially in 2021. Yes. But we don't have the top, top minds of marketing. We don't have the top people thinking about how to market these women, which is mostly black women. And Mm -hmm. I think that we see this in Hollywood. We see this in music. We see this everywhere that corporations don't know how to market women. Yeah. And that's the problem. It is a huge problem. And I think that, honestly, the fans and the players are doing so much of the legwork at this point. I swear. So much. And, like, even this week, I found a new, um, like, TikTok series that a gal's doing on, like, pregame fits. Mm. And that is one of my favorite things about the WNBA. And nobody talks about it enough. But it is a fashion show when they show up it is and like men's players i mean they they put some thought into what they do you've got dwight howard doing whatever dwight howard do yeah um way did that too when he was in he, he did he was he yes. was trying to dress <laughs> but the women's players man they are showing up looking fantastic yeah and it is just such a fun kind of um just a fan-friendly thing for it. And they get to make a statement. They get to show some personality. And I think that things like that are going to make such an effect on the league, just making them bigger than the game. And I think that's something that you talked about a little bit last episode with Skylar. Skylar Diggins has done a fantastic job branding herself um, and really bringing a lot of that energy to the game. But... I mean, this year, I think more than ever, we are seeing a lot more kind of player buy-in. And I think that's a huge, huge part of the new CBA. Yeah. The collective bargaining agreement where there is a, um, where there's like a revenue share between the teams and the players. And And I think that that will hopefully be a great incentive for both sides to really kind of explode the league here in the 25th year. Yeah. And it's interesting, last year I went to a women in sports event at the Super Bowl. It was like a few days before the Super Bowl in Miami. Actually, 2020. Not 20. Wait. Yes. My days. 2020. Yes. Before the <laughs> pandemic. I went in the to before Super Bowl. times. Yes, in the before times. BC. <laughs> um, and I met the woman who negotiated that new deal and um, to get players more money and, like you said, more equity. Mm-hmm. And it's a big thing. Uh, it's huge. I also met the the agent who helped D Wade get his first shoe deal, which is with I think it was like a Chinese company. Mm-hmm. And now, after years of him building it, he has like a partnership deal with one of the major yeah. uh, one of the major corporations. So that's what I think. That's what the women are focused on in the WNBA right now is, like you said, making that connection. Besides basketball, I think we were focused on basketball, focused on 
weights and everything, but we have to pay attention to the entertainment aspect of it and the business side of it. It's kind of crazy. Um, also, I looked to see like who is in leadership. It's mostly men in leadership. Mm -hmm. It's mostly male coaches, I think, uh, ownership as well. Yeah. So I think we need to diversify that. Yeah, that's part of why I think that the Seattle Storm are so fascinating because that is an all women ownership group. Yeah. And it started as fans of the team. Yeah. That bought out the team. Right. And that's interesting. They have been so much more socially involved and um, really serving, I think, as better advocates for women in a way than a lot of the other teams have been because they have a different perspective and they have come from an angle where like, they do want to promote more than just the team on the court. But I think thing too, like you have to make your, your team somewhere that your players want to play, somewhere that is inclusive, that that like your shirt says more women black latina indigenous <laughs> asian lgbt voices in sports that's that's huge because still when you see a black correspondence a black woman correspondence or even a white woman correspondence yeah. people say well she shouldn't talk yeah. i've seen people say that on espn yeah i'm like why are they saying that like the, it's a paradigm. Like people really need to understand. There's nothing about a man that knows sports more that is more qualified than right. a woman. Same thing with basketball. I think that the difference between salaries is terrible. It the is. fact that the NBA gets this salary, the WNBA, like I said in the last episode, has to work and you know all year just to make a living. It's it's ridiculous and it will never make sense to me. I don't care how many people do backflips to explain, well, the NBA, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they don't necessarily have better viewership numbers. And this is something that we've really faced in soccer in the last couple of years because the men have not qualified for those big tournaments. Right. And it's kind of a tender subject and nobody really talks about it. And like, <laughs> well, the U.S. isn't where the best players play. Women's soccer, it is. Right, and it is. we have world cups we have olympic titles the viewership numbers are fantastic for that team yeah they are so much fun to watch and then you had megan rapino and her whole like advocacy tour yeah and, um everybody knows her she's a household name oh yeah regardless of if you watch soccer or not she was one of the only spouses in the bubble yeah well prospective spouses right they right. are engaged right but <laughs> yes um <clears throat> she's i mean she's been a huge asset but in soccer in tennis and all of those sports we're still facing huge huge disparities yeah in the amount that women are getting paid and you know what i talked to uh phoenix mercury assistant coach chastity melvin mm -hmm. and she talked to me about how everybody likes winners mm -hmm. people try to act like they don't like to see the women play no everybody wants to see a winner and you can have a city where the men aren't winning any titles or anything yep. like that, and the women are, and they still aren't getting that that push. Uh, I always talk about how ESPN, now the numbers are up now, but at one point ESPN was only playing 3% all women's sports. Right. Meaning it's point zero something percent basketball, point something percent, you know, soccer, tennis. You know, Serena probably took up 1% at, at one point. <laughs> and, and Naomi. And Naomi. Yeah, but I'm talking about when it was three. Now it's supposed to be higher, but it's still not where it needs to be. But the thing about that, too, that nobody's saying out loud is the fact that they don't have the men's basketball tournament. 
they don't have the rights to it. Right. So all of a sudden, they're able to boost their numbers by showing the women's tournament, basically yeah. in you know a deal that I'm assuming wasn't their goal. Right, I don't think it was. But all of a sudden, now you have two weeks of stats to totally boost those numbers. Yeah. Or four weeks or whatever. But then, even at halftime, you're checking in on the men's games. Oh, yeah, and always. Sports Center is all about the men's games, even though you're showing the women's games during the day. Yeah. And yeah. that's another thing that, like, I I think is so funny. I think ESPN, I think they put in a lot of work. Um, I know a couple of the reporters there. Michelle Vopel is absolutely fantastic, incredible advocate and journalist for women's sports. Um, and from the Kansas City area. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, but she she has really spearheaded a lot of the work there. But for them to, you know, post about these numbers and things, every time I think, well, how much of that is from those couple of weeks where you are exclusively, <laughs> where you exclusively have the rights to that specific tournament? Yeah. That's, see, I didn't even think about that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because, yeah, I mean, if you play two weeks of, of women at a certain time and you never have done that before. Or softball. Or they cover the softball tournament too. I've seen that. Mm -hmm. I've seen that. And I have a, a a cousin that plays at Mizzou. And I'm like, she's always on ESPN. Not mm -hmm. always, but way more than, than yes. used to. Right. So that, that deal, it really, it, it's really significant this year, but it's not enough. Right. And I want to see more. And it, it starts at the head. I always say it's diversity. It starts at ownership. Yes. And then it, 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 it's intentional. Because yes. people try to say, well, where are the women? Come on. There's so many women journalists. <laughs> right. Um, there's there's women teams. Every single, quote unquote, male team, there's a woman team. And women's wanna, coaches. Women's coaches. Women's trainers at, at every single level. Yeah. There and are we, women that are interested and available. Yeah. And, and even when it comes to coaching men, mm -hmm. they don't want women coaching men because they say, well, a woman can't teach a man. Well, Look at all these men. All my, most of my coaches were men. Right. Until I got to college, <laughs> I played college basketball yeah. too, and I had two women as my head coach. But I never had women as the coach before. Right. That's very, it's rare, even in women's sports, women's college or in women's uh, professional. So, but now it's getting better. It is. Well, and we're finally getting to the point where we have former players coaching. Kim That's Mulkey. the best. Yes. Even, and, and former players in ownership yes. in Atlanta. Yes. And so I think that is going to be a huge effect in the next couple of years because not only do you have college players going back home, um, it, but we also have professional players that are now bringing that resume back to the college ranks. Yeah. And I think that will hopefully bring a huge shift in kind of the power alignment of women's college sports. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that in the next decade, and that's really ambitious, but <laughs> I want it to be like, we're not so separate all the time. Like, right. why does it have to be, okay, we have the men's sports and we have the women's sports. And I don't see anything wrong with women who play the game. Now, don't they get, do the NBA players get paid per game? Or is it, uh, like, do they lose money if they don't play a game? Okay. Yeah. Generally, I don't think so. You don't think so? Because, okay, I'm like. Because I think they signed a structured to... contract for the whole year. Right. So, like, technically, there are games mixed in there. And, I mean, they might have, like, something mixed into their contract. But okay. generally, I think they signed for the whole year. Okay. See, I need to look at that. I need to look yes. at the structure. Because 
I understand that the NBA plays 82 games, <laughs> which is a lot. The WNBA only plays 30, 30 games or 30-something uh-huh. games yeah. in the regular season. Now, if we get more teams, there will be more games. Yes. But as of right now, I'm not saying that when you play 32 games that you should get the same amount as people who play 82 games, but you should get the same amount proportionate to the games yes. that you play. In the next 10 years, that's what I want to see. I want to see women's sports be respected. They work hard, and they're get, they're winning titles. They're winning yeah. championships. And like I said, they're the best of the best. Like right. It's so hard to make a roster. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, I think that – that probably segues into the uh, all-star game yeah. conversation yeah. <laughs> where it is so hard to make that roster, even oh if you're God. a former MVP. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let's, do you want to talk about the all-star uh, first or the, or the uh, women's team? The, oh, the Olympic team. That's what I meant. Olympic. Oh yeah. Which, yes. Okay. Which one? Let's talk Olympic okay. roster real fast. Okay, so Olympic roster. Game. So when you saw the roster come out, I think it was about two days ago, yep. what was your first thoughts? I mean, it it's a comprehensive list. It definitely has the many of the best players in the league. I think it'll be a great representation. Obviously, the team has tremendous history. Yeah. Um, it is a slightly older roster, yeah. but... I, w- I, would I think that. the league leadership at this point is still slightly older, and that's fine. Right. I mean, we still have a lot of players who are playing at their prime in, you know, what would be considered some later years, I say, as a 30-year-old person, mm-hmm. when the oldest people on the roster are not that much older than me. Right. Um, but, um, you know, I think a lot of the – Feedback, at least on Twitter, has been around NECA and her not being on the team. And, um, you know, I think Chinny said some great things. I think that, yeah. you know, Derek Fisher, Candace Parker both came um, kind of to her defense. Yeah. I don't think it would bother me as much if she wasn't the, like, only MVP that hasn't been included in the last couple of years, only, like, number one pick. Right. Her stats are there. She's been to every, like, Olympic camp for the last five years. Yeah. Um, she's also the WNBA uh, Players Association president, mm-hmm. and she has done some really, really incredible things off the court. Yeah, so she does stuff on the court and off the court. Right, which I think is so much fun, and I would love to see her in that light. But, you know, I I like to think also that the coaches and leadership of the national team know something more than I do. Mm. And <laughs> so made an informed decision. Is it politics? That's what I want to know. Do you have to politic for that type of role? I know you have to play well. But what gets you on that roster? Because it's a very exclusive roster. I think that there are a lot of things at play. Um, I think there's definitely a potential political aspect. But, again, as the leader of the Players Association, like, how could you not have palatable politics? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to figure out where, right. where, where did it fall short. Nobody's saying anything. Right. And so I think that there's probably some really intense – discussions on you know position by position dynamics and how you are getting the best mix of players the players who have the experience playing together who are going to perform best on that national stage and they know more about the competition than i do going into the olympics i haven't i haven't uh you know done extensive research on every other team that we'll potentially face but maybe they know more on that 
kind of aspect also. So what about Candace Parker? Do you think that, did you expect her to be listed or? I didn't necessarily, but again, I mean, she's, she's done a lot of really great things for our national team. She's always performed well on the national level. Um, she's still got great stats going into this year. Yeah. Um, that's part of why I thought it was so interesting that she spoke out about NECA specifically. Um, yeah. But, I mean, all in all, I'm hoping for a really great Olympics, and I think that the format of this year's All-Star Games can be really, fa really fascinating with basically the Team USA uh, contingent on mm -hmm. one team and then the rest of the All-Star selections on the other. Okay. And it'll create like a really interesting um, kind of challenge and dichotomy going into that kind of next level of the season. Okay. I mean, I'm fine with it just because I picked her for my All-Star team. So I did hopefully too. she makes <laughs> the All-Star team. Yes. Um, but, you know, she just came off of a injury and she's playing very well. Right. Um, I saw the Chicago Sky play the Mercury and yes. I was so sad because I was like, oh, I forgot she's still hurt. Diana Taurasi was hurt that day right. too. Hopefully she comes back next week, right? Yes. Okay. So I feel like I don't know what I expected when, when she came back. I didn't know if she was going to be 100%. Mm -hmm. But she's been playing hella good. Yeah, she has. So I think she'll be very well on the All-Star team. Yes. Even though she didn't make the Olympic roster. Uh, did you have anybody specific that you wanted to make it that didn't make it? Or everybody who made it, you agree, pretty much? I think the roster was generally pretty predictable. Right. It was. <laughs> I mean, that's the tricky thing. And I think Howard um, Magdal did a really – he um, runs the Nine and the Next, which are both, like, women's-focused publications. Mm -hmm. um, they're fantastic. But he wrote a really good um, post today about how um, – you know, again, they probably know more than we do. <laughs> as much as we want to sit here and <laughs> assume that we know everything, um, but also that um, you know there there's just so much talent, and especially in a country like ours where we've had such good basketball for so long, mm -hmm. it's gonna always be hard to narrow down that list. Yeah, they're facing the same thing on the soccer side. I mean, yeah. that roster just came out, and yeah. we can debate about it all day but you know ultimately we're gonna go we're hopefully gonna win again and then we won't even think about it next year yeah i, hope so. <laughs> I want us to win again because that was fun yes um my opinion about the roster um there were a few teams that were left off the roster yes and i don't know if like i said i want to know what the criteria is i think that's what yeah. will help me out because I don't know what they're measuring. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I did see, let's look at what Cheney said. So yeah. she did say she was a WNBA MVP and champion of 2016, six-time All-Star, four-time All-WNBA, four-time WNBA All-Defensive Team, two-time Fiber World Cup gold medalist, number one pick, rookie of the year, EuroLeague champion, WNBA president. Oh, and she is one of the few who went to every Team USA camp in the last five years. Now, the USA camp, that's the thing that really got it for me. Like, yeah. She's, she wants it. Right. She wants it. I don't know why. You know, I want, I'm not saying that they have, they owe the fans, but right. I want to know what is the criteria. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I just want to know. I mean, I agree with everybody can play. Like I said, there's no yeah. one in the WNBA that can't play. 
I know that there's favorites. Right. But, you know, my favorite team this year is the Phoenix Mercury. So, of course, we got Brittany Griner, Skyler, right. and Diana Taurasi. Right. That's three on one team. Right. That's kind of heavy. That's right. That's kind of heavy. But the Storm um, also got three. Exactly. But then we have teams that don't have some, and I'm uh-huh. like, I just want everybody to get a good look. Right. If this is... I think that there's definitely an element of name recognition. I mean, people have already been on the team. That's what I'm saying. Are, you know, potentially favorites to come back. People have, you know, been in camp. Yeah. um, And, you know, are already recognized on that level. I think that that's definitely a factor. Um, And like you said, it's an older team. Are they looking at her as, as, are they looking at NECA as a youngin? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That's the thing. And I think the other hard thing is that, like, we and that tweet are looking at her entire career and are they looking at just this year are they looking at the last six months right are they looking at the last four years since the last olympics right and so i think that that is probably another really complicating factor it is i think so the last six months which i mean it's hard to judge anybody coming out of the bubble coming out of like that was such a complicated year Mm -hmm. but Again, I feel like the production was there for her, and so I'm disappointed for her. But you know, I she's she's got so much else going on. I don't even know if she would have had time for it. You're right. <laughs> With her being in broadcasts and yeah. being, um, you know, the president. And all I know of that. she wanted it though, because her yes. friends are talking about it. So she, right, exactly. she must have called them and said, "Hey, I'm sad. You right. know, I'm like I wish I was in this." Um, who is your favorite player this year? Because mine is Lainey. I think she's been playing. Excellent every yes. game. Tina Charles too. I know you mentioned her yes. earlier, and she's on the Olympic team. Yes. So at least Tina Charles her. has been doing fantastic this year. Yeah. Big fan of Jewel Lloyd. Yeah. Everything she's doing, I don't think she gets quite enough attention in Seattle. That's true. Um, which has been a big part of the uh, coverage debate, um, the racialized coverage debate. Yeah. As you know. Yeah. Um. But again, that whole team is fantastic. It's hard to. It's hard to complain too much about their coverage. At least they're getting some. Yeah. Um, but she is, like, ranked number three in total scoring this year. Mm-hmm. Um, again, complicated because she's behind a teammate, Brianna Stewart. Exactly. Um, Brianna has balled out. She's been fantastic. Yeah. Tina she- Charles is that number two in there. Um, yeah. And then I'm a big fan of Brittany Griner. Always have oh, been. Yeah. Um, I watched her play at Baylor. Um, I covered uh, KU in their back-to-back Sweet 16 runs um, and watched her. I watched um, Skylar Diggins. I saw some really, really amazing players in that time that I've kind of held like a, a very mild personal connection to. In the <laughs> That's years how I am. And it's, fun wa- it's fun watching them and watching their careers grow. Yeah. My very first NBA game, WNBA game, was June, fir- June 3rd. Mm-hmm. June 1st, one of those. June 1st. And... Um, I got to meet them. So, of course, I'm, like, connected Incredible. to them for life. Uh, I think that they really love the game. Like, yes. when I see the Mercury play, they have really good team chemistry. They do. And they genuinely love the game. I feel like they follow plays well. Yes. Uh, they can push the ball. The girls are all in shape. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're running up and down the court every single time. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Um, they're my favorite team. So I am, I, I can't say that I'm mad about the Olympic team. That's, what, that's <laughs> all I'm going to say. I can't say I'm too mad. Um, now, I don't know how much the new women have 
like how much opportunity they have to make this team to make right. the Olympic team or to make the All Star team. Yeah. So Lainey is on my All Star pick. Who is your All Star pick for? Since now we can't pick any of the guys, any of the women. I know the, that's so complicated. Um, yeah, that's kind of the one um, interesting part of the voting process is that <laughs> now everyone who is selected for the Olympic team is you know guaranteed a roster spot on that side and so now we're going with the next selections which makes me kind of wish i could revote. right uh, me too <laughs> me too i wish i could because now i don't know where my votes are gonna land and hopefully um you know we're getting some really enthusiastic votes for everybody obviously uh neck is gonna be a little bit of a like rage validation pick which will be kind of fun to watch that'll be fun yeah but I think Courtney Vandersloot is doing a really good thing. She has um, been just so steady for them. She's mm -hmm. got four consecutive games with uh, 10 points, 10 assists. Yeah. Definitely. And, like, she has the all-time record. And I saw a tweet um, earlier today um, where they were tracking the streaks for the – well, the longest streaks of um, that <laughs> specific double-double. Mm -hmm. So 10 points, 10 assists again. And she's got – all four Ooh. of the top records. Oh my God. <laughs> just in different years of her career. <laughs> wow. And so like, she's just, I mean, she's consistent. And I- She is. I she's love, focused. She is. And I love so much watching her and Kelly <coughs> Quigley play on the same team. That's so funny. And it just adds like such a special, like little element on the end when they're like, oh, look, it's another Vander Quigg's assist. <laughs> and I just think it's so funny. And like- I love that couples goals man yeah like yeah i mean one of my teammates one of my former teammates <clears throat> she's a coach right now she coaches at juco uh -huh. and she was like i don't know how they play on the same team together oh because no she feels like it's so hard for her and her wife to even like do a project <laughs> <laughs> together so yeah. that's one thing about the i think really works in the WNBA is the fact that they can be a couple and they can play on the same team. Yeah, well, Allie Krieger and um, Ashlyn Harris yeah. of the Orlando Pride of the um, NWSL team, they're also married on the same team and again, no idea how they do it. Kudos to them. Right, but <laughs> it's, I mean, it is very cool since they adopted a baby in the off season and right. so they are like both young mothers and able to be through this whole process together, which I think is just absolutely magical it is it is i feel like it's something that we cherish yeah as the fans that's the one thing about WNBA fans is like we don't really need all of that like when they when they start putting money and marketing into it, that's going to be for the new people but the yes. WNBA fans are super yes. hardcore fans yes and they know everything that's going on yes <laughs> on and off the court yes <laughs> i feel like almost more than any other league i mean I swear. obviously nba fans like oh, and yeah. NFL fans, like they very, very closely keep track of stuff. But WNBA is like a whole other level. And we want to know exactly who's talking to who <laughs> and who wore what and yeah. what kind of signal it could be like on Instagram that they posted something. I mean, you saw what happened when, you know, they caught it WNBA beef was trending. Yes. <laughs> With so, Skylar. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like Skylar's been involved in a couple of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. What about Elizabeth Cambridge? Do you like her? I love her. I I think she's fantastic. I think that the her own, I mean, it wasn't exactly a beef, but I mean, neither was Skylar's. Right. But um 
I think that whole situation a couple of weeks ago was fascinating mm -hmm. um, with, you know, an opposing coach making a potentially disparaging comment about her weight, her body style. Yeah. And, you know, she is one of the most powerful and impressive players in the game. And I think that it was really a bigger sign that, like, this league is about so much more. It's about being an example for women mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. And so, you know, even if the even if the coach didn't mean it to come off that way, even if whatever, I think that the precedent they set yeah. of saying, like, here's Elizabeth. She is fantastic. She is one of our one of the most talented players in the game. She, you know, is one of the best defensive players in the league, her and Brittany, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um but showing just what like women's bodies can do. Yeah. I think it's so fascinating. I think she's and she's just fun to watch and her fashion is impeccable off the court. <laughs> right. I love her brand. She has oh, a very yeah. cute logo. Yes. Um she's kinda like on Skylar's level to me the way yes. she self branded herself. Yes. Um I'm a big man on the court, so I love to watch <laughs> I love to watch the way that she plays. That's how I play. Very physical, very back against yes. the basket. Very, if I get the ball down there, you can't do anything with it. That's the way she plays. Every time I open the WNBA app and see her in their little slider, oh, yeah, her, her I'm like, on. yes, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. go, girl. She's very powerful. Yes. Uh, very confident. Um, that's what I think I've been seeing. Like, that's what the fans want to see. Yes. And the fact that she can speak her mind. That's one thing about women opening our mouths and speaking. Because I think that historically, um, if somebody... If you felt like somebody did you wrong, mm -hmm. you just took it as a woman. Right. But the, today, that doesn't fly. Like, people are getting lessons about how to treat women, yes. including players. Like, yes, I am a player on an opposing team, but you're yeah. still going to respect me. Right. I think that was, like, you're right. That's a big message to send. And their leadership last year in the bubble through, you know, some of really our, like, most complicated times as a nation. Mm-hmm as well yeah. i think they were just incredible leaders, oh yeah incredible Ooh. voices that's why i said they need credit for that oh absolutely. that was not that was not an easy thing to do no first of all the WNBA was the first people to successfully yes do a bubble which we lovingly call a wobble the wobble so. <laughs> and i mean they completely changed the politics of atlanta yeah <laughs> like, they did they did that was them. that was a huge shift um somebody that's also a favorite of mine Kalia Cooper. Yes. And it's just because I saw her in person. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I saw her in person. It with, does make a huge difference. It does. Without a Candace Parker, yes. getting the assist, like she's very aggressive. Yes. My brother, I took my brother to the game and he uh -huh. played basketball with me too. He's 6'6". He's a lawyer like me. Um, what a power family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine when we were on the court. Oh, man. We had this article written about us called uh, Unofficial Scrugs Day. And, and legged and flat. And I it was just it. like, everybody, the energy is crazy together. So we're together. We're like going crazy over the game. I'm getting him into the WNBA. Uh -huh. I'm getting all my male friends to the WNBA. Everybody. That's my goal. <laughs> so he's like, Tasha, she can't take it into the cup. She's take it to the cup. So now her name is Kalia. Take it to the cup. Cooper. Perfect. She's very aggressive. I love it. I don't like people who are scared. Like, no. Even if she don't care if it's three people in the lane, she's going right. to go in. Mm -hmm. And she always finishes. Yeah. 
So I don't know how she does it. Me either. She's my pick for All-Star. I'm sorry. I'm going to go for Kalia. I'm going to go for Kalia. <laughs> On the Chicago team, Kalia and Candy. Yes. That's my, those are my picks for Chicago. Anybody else you really like for All-Star? Man, I don't know. There are just there's so many good. <laughs> I just love you the pick. I love the entire league. Okay, me too. But pick four. Pick four and four more girls. Because uh, the Olympics took everybody. I know, they really did. It's <laughs> it is unfair. Uh Natasha Cloud would yes. be fantastic. Yes. Uh oh man. Scrolling through my scrolling through my votes. <laughs> You have to, otherwise yeah. you're gonna forget somebody. Yeah. Uh, Sylvia Fowles has been fantastic oh, the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. Yes. But, but she's on she's on the Olympic team. Oh, but right. no, ma'am. Good for her though. Yeah. She she's she's always good for her. Great. Uh yeah, man, they they just took so many people. They did. <laughs> so with, with Diana back, Good, I mean they're gonna win. Right. <laughs> Diana said she's gonna be ready for the league. People were what did you think about that? People were saying, Well, she's not even healthy. They're like she's not. She's still out. Yeah. So they felt they were they would they wasn't feeling it. Yeah. How do you I think, think that's tricky. I mean, she's she's an absolute legend. Like we can't <laughs> we can't right. be too upset when she gets her credit. Come she's, on. She's doing a whole lot of credit for a while. I knew she was gonna make the. Oh yeah. Game. I don't we know why people it. thought she wouldn't. That's what I'm saying again about how like I think that the roster was somewhat predictable. That's not a good thing or a bad thing. It, it just is what it is. It is. It's a predictable roster, which is. We've got a great team, and <laughs> and we've got a lot of great players. And so, you know, if you take the top twenty players in the league, and you've got to narrow it down, then there are going to be a couple on the fringe. But you know, we still have a great representation of the league. Yeah, and I I'm hoping so. that that really boosts the WNBA coming back too. Me too. Me too. Um. So, what about let's talk about the game this week that we're gonna go see at what's the name of the bar again? I keep Johnny's it. Tavern. Johnny's Tavern. Yes. Okay. Sunday. So, are you excited about that game? And who do you think is gonna win? I am so excited. I am really not sure. So, this is the big Las Vegas Aces Seattle Storm matchup. Yeah. And they are the top two in the standings right now. Yeah. Um, I think the Storm got it. I don't know. <laughs> Vegas has won five in a row. Yeah. They're kind of unstoppable. And they got Liz. They do. And Asia Wilson. Asia. Asia's fan. Oh, I love she's Asia my so much. All she's my I know. Yeah, she's but my yeah, I, I think it'll be a fantastic game, no matter what happens. Yeah, it'll um, be fun. And uh, so excited to watch that. So that game's at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is nationally televised. So if you're not in Kansas City, definitely watch it. If you are in Kansas City, come join us. We'll be at Johnny's Tavern in Corinth. Um, so that is on Mission Road. Um, we will send out a ton of stuff on Twitter over the next couple of days on yeah. her accounts, on my account. Yeah. Johnny's Tavern is retweeting it. Um, so definitely look for that WNBA and KC um, information and then come join us because um, it'll be fun. And my whole idea when starting that was I literally sent out a tweet like a month and a half ago and I was like, where are my women's basketball fans? Like, I want to watch games with people. Yeah. And it started, um, no offense to my boyfriend, but we were at dinner and I was watching a game on my WNBA app right. under the table. Right. And he was like, are you watching a WNBA game? And I was like, <laughs> I am. I'm going to be honest with you. But it wasn't a nationally televised game. That's and 
And luckily we do have so many more nationally televised games this year, but I wanted people to watch it with. And it makes such a difference being in a bar, watching with people who are cheering for the same game as you. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what I started. And then Johnny's Tavern um, is fantastic. And they responded immediately, immediately to that tweet and said, get a group together and we will host you at any location. And now they've said that we can rotate locations. So if you have preferences, definitely let us know while you're there. We can go, um, you know, to any other Kansas City locations. They're in Power and Light. They're in, right. um, you know, they're in everywhere. And they are even talking about potentially doing a signature cocktail for us and all sorts of things. So yeah. uh, the more support we get, the more um, friends we can make out there and kind of make this a whole scene. I think it would be so much fun. And Me too. You know, we've had Kansas City has such a passion for basketball. We've got the, we've had the uh, Big Twelve tournament here so many times. We yeah. have the NAIA tournament here yep. all the time. Um, MIAA tournament, we yes. came multiple times. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like um, I talked about this how you can't just walk into a bar and catch a WNBA game. And right. That's sad. So now the fact that we can do that here in Kansas City is awesome. Like, that's what I was talking about. Like, the um, the accessibility of the WNBA yeah. is going up. And I think that's going to not only help the fans, but it's also going to help the league and the players because I think that the players deserve so much more. And I want them to see get, get what they deserve. Absolutely. And, I mean, even if you're at a bar and you're not super invested in the game that's on that night or you're doing something else, go ahead and ask the bartender to switch over a TV. Yeah. And I – because I think that that recognition and just, you know, even having somebody request it makes such a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and then they hopefully start looking at it. And so I think that that's hopefully what we're creating um, through a group like this yeah. is creating the awareness that there are fans, there are people who would come out if they knew that they could have this game right in front of them. Yeah. So do you think that because I'm going to go out on a limb and say the All-Star game is going to have the most viewers it's ever had this year. Yes. Hands down. And a lot of people are paying attention to the Olympics. Yes. The Olympics always gets a lot of press, though. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. But this year, it seems like women's Olympics is getting a lot of press, whether it's whether it's uh, gymnastics, whether it's track. Shakari Richardson. Yeah, Shakari Richardson. <laughs> Everybody saw her. I posted, I was like, I went viral when I tweeted about her. <laughs> I literally was on the shade room and I was like, I don't know why, but I, I've been following her for like two years and somebody just posted a tweet of her that said, in 2017, she said, catch me in Tokyo. And uh, she's been getting a lot of press, but she's also been getting a little bit of haters, but that always happens. Yeah. Success. Right. But the main thing is that I've seen swimmers. I've seen almost every uh, game that's going to mm -hmm. be in the Olympics women have been at the forefront. Yes. I have, I've barely seen any men, press about men. So I think that the numbers are going up. The prices is going up. Everything is going up. Yeah. And I'm happy to be a part of it. Absolutely. I'm happy to, that's why I'm happy that you came to the show and that yeah. you're going to keep coming. Yes. <laughs> because um, I was a little bit in a negative space, like, nobody's talking about. And I'm like, why can't I do it? Like, right. if people aren't talking about what I want to hear, right? if I feel like there's a gazillion NBA podcast. There's a trillion NFL podcast. Oh, God. I can't even count. Nope. 
I'm like, just because we don't have a team here doesn't mean we can't do this. Right. So that's why I started Take It to Court Pod. I love it. <laughs> so if y'all like this episode, make sure you comment, like, subscribe, follow us, take it underscore to court on Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you follow her, WNBA NKC. Is that right? Yes. I keep messing up the title. <laughs> okay, WNBA we'll get there. KC. We're going to keep doing videos. Not only are we going to do podcasts, but when we do games, I'll, I'll post little videos, her and I at the game. One question before we go. Have you considered going to the All-Star game? Uh, I was listening to your last podcast, <laughs> and I was like halfway through it, and I pulled up my app, and I was like, hmm. And then I texted a couple people, and I was like, hi, so I might be in Vegas. Listen, <laughs> so I, I want to go to Vegas. You might just convince me in See? the next couple of weeks, and then we'll just have a giant yeah, take it to fun. court party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to do something in Vegas. I want to make it a big deal. Yes. It's a big deal to us. It is a big deal. So, thank y'all for watching. Comment below if you agree with us. If you disagree about anything we said, comment that too. We want to see. We want to see it all. Uh, let me know who were your all star picks. Yes. And let me know if you're mad about NECA not making the <laughs> Olympics team because that's that's been big. Our queen. <laughs> yes. Until next time, take it to court. Thank you.